Hey friends, you're listening to the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. My name is Lee Cadden, and I serve both as executive pastor at the church and host of this podcast. In this season of our uh, conversations uh, and on the podcast, we have been uh, sitting down with each and every member of our staff team, hearing their stories of how the Lord called them into vocational ministry, who was there along the way confirming the Lord's calling in their life, and then asking the question, why in the world would you want to work for a church? In this week's episode, I sat down with Raina Lanier and heard not only her calling into ministry, the story of her being called into vocational ministry, but uh, the Lord's goodness and faithfulness even from before she was born to, to lead her to this day. It was a real gift to me, and I hope that and I trust that it will be a gift to you as well, wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Raina Lanier. This is the Grace Auburn Church Podcast. We are excited to be back again this week, continuing to work through our staff team together that the Lord has brought here. Uh, And as we started with over the last few weeks, I shared my story in an introduction and then last week interviewed Jason Engel, recently joining our staff from Tucson, Arizona. This week we have Raina Lanier. Raina, glad you're here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. We are hopeful that these conversations will be both um, helpful as people get to know us as leaders and staff, and for you, Raina, having been a member here for a little while now, now joining our staff team to lead middle schoolers and high schoolers and connect all of our families together in the way we can serve this community, share uh, the mission kind of in an outward-facing way, and continue to lead our young people uh, alongside of so many of our faithful, uh, committed volunteers, leaders, college students, uh, adults, and families. Uh, we want to continue this also in a way that's Yes, informing people and sharing with people about your story, but also uh, really highlighting the Lord's work in your life to bring you to today. So uh, I want to go for you, just start wherever it is you want to start your story in terms of coming to faith in Christ and the Lord's leading you uh, into ministry, because it hasn't always been working for a church. It's had a variety of forms. Mm -hmm. Uh, So wherever you want to take us, kick it off and I'll try to work us in that direction. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think my faith story probably starts before I was born, um, because God is cool. And my father, um, my parents got married when they were young, when my mom was 18 and my dad was 21. But, um, my dad actually got saved on my birthday the year before I was born. And so when I was born on that same day, a year later, um, he always says we have the same birthdays. That's Um, so good. Yeah. So I feel like it, it probably starts there and just the Lord blessing that day. Um, and then my parents didn't super want children. So <laughs> when they had me, um, now obviously they are thankful, sure. hopefully, but, um, that was just a big thing. Yeah. Um, and so growing up, my parents, um, went to church. They were faithful in that. Yes. Um, the earliest memories I feel like I can have are me on my mom's lap and her not reading me like a children's Bible, but like straight up Moses out of the scripture, like King James version. Yes. Um, so I didn't know what, he, what she was reading, but it was scripture and I just remember that being like read over me. Um, and as an adult looking back the value of that is just really cool. Um, and now how much I do value the scripture, I feel like it started, um, 
then. So before you could read, before I could read, yeah, um, which is just so cool. Just the the perseverance of my mom to do that daily. Um, yes, which is cool. So um, she actually was the one to lead me to the Lord. Um, I don't remember a ton of it because I was like eight or nine, okay. but I just remember feeling super emotional and broken for my sin. And mm. I remember being in our living room and us just kneeling by the couch and praying. Um, and that was the day that I became a Christian. And I just remember um, just the emotion that I didn't understand where it was coming from and understanding now that, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, does bring conviction. Uh, yeah. so from that moment, obviously I didn't go from being like a drug dealer to a Christian, <laughs> but <laughs> I, um, definitely would have, you know, I feel like you would have been able to tell that I was a different kid. Sure. Hopefully. Um, but growing up as a Christian and, you know, elementary and middle and high school, um, Obviously, it ebbed and flowed, but um, when I was 16 was whenever I first learned that I was supposed to be reading the Bible for myself. Yeah. Because even though my mom had modeled that by reading it over me, I had never seen her read it or my, my dad read it for themselves. Mm. Um, not saying that, that they weren't, I just didn't see it. Yeah. Um, and I just thought the Bible was something that you opened up at church and the pastor taught you what it meant and then you closed it. And then when you went home, that's where it stayed until the next Sunday. Mm. Um, but when I was 16 at a youth camp, um, the pastor really taught me the value of quiet time. Mm. And so from that day on, I'm a real follower. So I just started to read my Bible every day sure. um, and just seeing the value in, oh, I can learn this myself. Like the Holy Spirit can teach me instead of having to have a pastor or a youth pastor teach me. Um, so that's been a huge part of my story. Um, at 16, just like really diving into my faith then and really starting to have this like desire and love for the Lord and for the word. Um, so I started a, a Bible study that I led at my house. Then obviously the adults led it, but sure. I was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't really <laughs> me, but um, just really tried to, to have this heart for other people. Um, and that's definitely a way that the Lord has changed my heart. I feel like we, we naturally don't think of other people's salvations naturally without Jesus, mm. but through that um, desire for the scripture and, and reading what it said about loving others, um, just having this desire for my friends and my teammates to know the Lord was, was cool. Um, so that was me in high school. Yeah, so you're in high school. You're an athlete. You're yeah. leading Bible studies. The Lord's leading Bible studies through you yeah. and your family. You have this incredible testimony that I think we often overlook of, I don't remember a day that I didn't know the Lord, mm -hmm. but I woke up one day completely aware of my sin mm -hmm. and what it cost him coming to faith at an early age. I think for parents even listening to this of thinking about our own kids' stories. I actually love the testimony of, I don't remember a day that I didn't know and love Jesus, but there does come that awareness. And so you journey from pre-middle school, middle school, high school, athlete, pick up from there, kind of moving into post-grad. Mm -hmm. What was next? Yeah. Um, so I graduated from high school, and like you said, I, I was an athlete. I played softball and volleyball, and I was a cheerleader, and so I continued playing softball in college, and I went to school um, about an hour away from my home, which was far enough for me to be my own person, but not far enough to keep me from coming home a lot, um, which a lot of that had to do with a serious relationship that I was in, which is a huge part of my testimony, is that I have just always wanted um, a family. Like, my family w is wonderful, and where one was wonderful, but um, I always wanted one for my, myself. Mm. And so just the women in my life that loved Jesus were all married at a super young age mm. and were all mothers. And so I thought, oh, if I love and follow Jesus, then he's going to make me a wife and a mother. So dating this guy throughout high school, um, when I went to college, we continued to date, um, but that relationship became 
very much an idol in my life because I thought that's what it meant to love Jesus as a, mm. a woman. Um, and as most stories that are telling your testimony and they mention a boy, we did not last. <laughs> we broke up. Um, and it wasn't this traumatic, like he did anything, I did anything, but it was truly that he was a believer, I was a believer, and he saw that I was trying to make him my God, and mm. he was what I truly wanted instead of the Lord. So we broke up, and it was in that moment that I really sought the Lord for my everything instead of just like, oh, I need to read my Bible every day. Oh, I want my friends to know Jesus, but also like I fully need Jesus and I want to feel the love of Jesus. Um, so I really just kind of dove back into deep Bible study because um, when I went to college, kind of got lazy with that and the Bible mm-hmm. sat on the shelf as much most college students and um, it's hard to go to college or go to college and go to church by yourself. It's hard to find a church to plug into, which is such a beautiful thing that I think Grace Auburn does is, is getting those college students involved because I wasn't involved when I was in college. Sure. Um, and that did lead to this, this detriment in this fall. Um, but from that fall, the Lord really picked me up and scooped me up and showed me that even though there were going to be people in my life that were going to hurt me and weren't going to choose me, that he was always choosing me and he was always going to be there for me. Mm, that's good. Um, so from that moment, really just kind of changed the trajectory of my life. It wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be. Sure. Um, and Tiffany Cummins, who a lot of people at this church know and who is a huge part of my story, even though she probably doesn't even know it, um, sent me the verse in Isaiah that says, you know, the Lord's ways are not our ways. And he's so much higher than us. And that verse really stuck me in that moment because I wanted the Lord's ways to be my ways in in that, in that season. Mm. And probably in all my seasons, but specifically in that one. And just remembering that the Lord is good and he will always be good. And even in my hurt, he was still there. And that bad season led me to deeper relationship with him. I think I may know the answer to this question, but when you think about coming out of college, coming out of that season, uh, Tiffany speaking heavily into your life just as a, a woman of God. How, walk us through your relationship with her and into the next season of ministry for you and, and with, with under the umbrella or under the question that there are pivotal moments in our life where we hear the Father's voice, sometimes through His Word, sometimes by the power of His Spirit, sometimes through another person. When you think about a calling into vocational ministry, and for you, that would be stepping into FCA out of college. Was there a was there a specific person or persons or a group of people? Who were the people around you uh, that you were listening to that were like, oh my gosh, yes, this is exactly mm-hmm. what you should do, and here's why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my story is even deeper than that, is that I didn't step into high, um, FCA right out of college. I actually taught for a year first. Um, and Tiffany, that didn't affect her at all to be like, it's okay, she can stop, you know? <laughs> um, so I graduated with an elementary education degree. I taught for a year and I loved it. And I loved it because I had all these kids and I wanted these kids. Sure. Um, but the Lord really just put on my heart that you can teach them and love them so well, but like you can't give them what they really need, which is me. Mm. Um, so from that, and that was before I felt any call to, to ministry, it was okay. just this feeling that I had and sure. I so wanted them to know Jesus and I so wanted them to have Bibles and, and all these things that legally I could not teach them as their teacher, um, in a public school. But, um, in March of 2019, um, I heard, I don't even remember who told me that, um, Tiffany was leaving FCA and so FCA had been a huge part of my college and high school career. Um, just serving through um, camps and going to FCA. Um, and my boss was also, or the 
director of FCA was also my pastor at the time. So I saw him very frequently, and he was a family friend of mine. Um, but it may have been him that told me that Tiffany was not going to be on staff with mm. FCA anymore. And she had served faithfully for so many years, so plugged in, so connected. And I immediately knew there was going to be a huge hole. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Mitchell, like, what are you going to do? And he said, well, she said that you were going to take her position. (laughs) And Mitchell said, well, she just started her degree and she got it or just started her job. She got a degree and I don't think she's going to want to leave that to do ministry. And Tiffany was like, no, it's going to be her. And I just laughed and I was like, that's funny. And Mitchell was like, you should just pray about it. And that was the end of the conversation. Um, I did not pray about it. (laughs) I went to church the next week and it was, um, a missionary randomly came and started to to speak and to teach how he was called into ministry. Mm. And the Lord was just kind of like putting on my heart, like this could be you, you you could do this. It wouldn't be an overseas ministry, but it would be a local missionary that you could, um, go to these unreached high schoolers basically. Um, so I, I, at the, that point, started praying about it. Um, and then the next Sunday, because I said this was my pastor, so it took Sundays to get through this process, <laughs> um, he really preached about um, Elijah and Elisha. And when Elijah was getting called up to heaven, Elisha had to make the decision whether he was going to pick up the mantle or, or not. And mm. I just felt the Lord tell me, like, are you going to pick up this mantle? Sure. If it hadn't been me, God would have sent somebody else. No but doubt. I really felt like this was something that I was supposed to do. So... I started crying, which is not very um, common for me. And I went up to Mitchell and he was alarmed because, like I said, I don't cry. And I was like, <laughs> I really think that I'm supposed to do this. And his voice in that moment stood out to me so much is that he was not affirming or like saying, no, you shouldn't do this. He was like, okay, well, you need to find confirmation in the word of God because mm. this is going to be hard if you do it and you need to have scripture to back up. And know this is what God is telling me on top of how I feel. Um, so from that, I sought and sought and sought and sought scripture and really came up with absolutely nothing. And I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but first Peter five, six has been a verse that is just for my whole life, just humbled me and, and taught me that God's timing is not my timing. And when it is his, his timing, he will lift me up. So I was just kind of going back to that. Um, in first Peter five and the Lord just really in verse 10 spoke to me and, and first Peter five ten is, um, after you've suffered a little while, which I felt like I had suffered trying to find this verse, <laughs> um, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, which is what I was looking for that confirmation, strengthen and establish you. Um, and so in that moment, I just felt like the Lord was saying, I am confirming this. I have called you to this. Yeah. So walk in it, step yeah. into it. Um, so I told Mitchell, and then I told my principal, and then I told all the teachers and everybody. So Yeah, so you, in 2019, this is 2019, right? Summer, so you teach for one year. Mm-hmm. Spend that summer agonizing and working with the Lord and... Raising and funds. Res- wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, so to speak, in the wilderness, as Jacob would have done, really. Is this actually what you want for me, from me, for your glory, all of those sort of things? And then begin fundraising. Walk us through the last four years then to bring you to today, um, what has it been like? Is it harder? Is it less? Di- I mean, how, how has it been for you with FCA and everything else that you've stepped into? Because your story really is, there's a gap here, Lord. I'll say, just continuing to say yes until mm-hmm. the Lord told you no, right? And mm-hmm. so 
Walk us over the next over those last few years. Yeah, so FCA is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. For anybody that may not know what that is, um, so what it is is basically an evangelistic uh, ministry that goes into the public schools and private schools. But um, I really just went to public schools specifically to their athletic teams. Um, and since I'm a woman, I went to the girls' teams. So I went to basketball, volleyball, and softball teams um, and share the gospel with them. Um, share the gospel. We did. Bible studies through pretty much most of the books in the New Testament, um, talked about topics that they may have questions about or hard topics that the culture is telling them lies about. Um, so really just being the church for them, because most of these girls are not involved in a local church. Sure. Um, FCA is a parachurch organization, so I would go to church with these girls and try to get them plugged in, um, but most of their parents aren't believers, so mm. it's hard to, to bridge the gap of I don't want to go to church by myself. Sure. Um, So that was always a struggle, but it's been the blessing of getting to stand in that gap for these girls and with these girls. Um, So lots of Bible studies at my house, lots of hard, long conversations, um, showing up to practice, showing up to games, showing up to tournaments, um, and just being present, I think, um, being another woman in their life that isn't necessarily their mom, but loves them in a similar way that they mm. can go to and talk to, um, was a, I feel like the biggest role that I probably played in their life. Um, and then always just pointing them back to Jesus. Um, so teaching them what I didn't know when I was their age that, Oh, you need to be reading the Bible. Oh, you need to find a local church to plug into. Oh, like you don't understand what this means. They would, they would ask me cause they don't have these pastors in their lives to go to. Sure. Um, so really kind of feeling the role of the church, with FCA, and I kind of felt burdened by that in the past year, which is when I started to be like, let's let's go to a church. Like, sure. I'm not your church. FCA is not your church no. because when they graduate, then they're going to be done. Because yeah. FCA, I mean, they're in some colleges if you play sports, but after that, when sports are over, you know, you got to have church. Um, so I, I felt the burden of that. Um, but as well as FCA, uh, two years ago, I started two to three. I'm not really sure how many years, but I started to get involved with Our House, yep. which is um, a nonprofit organization right down the street here in Auburn that ministers to the families that live in the housing authority on North Donahue. Um, And there is an after school tutoring uh, ministry. There's Bible studies, there's a camp, which is how I got involved. Um, And this was a people that I felt like I lost when I stopped teaching because the school that I taught at was very diverse. Um, And so then going from there to living in Auburn and going to the school systems, not that there's not diversity, but especially on the sports teams, there wasn't a ton of diversity. Mm. Um, So going to our house and seeing these children and the needs that that, that they had, um, specifically their need for Jesus, my heart was just broken, but also like, oh my gosh, like this is this is my heart. This is where I want to be. So getting to be a part of both of these different groups of people, groups of kids, um, has been really sweet. So I've been on staff with our house as well for the past three summers. Um, and really ran their, um, tutoring side of it and also ran a lot of their Bible studies. So kind of getting the education and spiritual side there. So still using my teaching degree at our house, um, for a while, but as you know, and as most people that have talked to me in the last four years know, having two basically full-time jobs was like killing me. So that's <laughs> where I've been up until last month. <laughs> so the, where and how, are, who introduced you to Grace Auburn? When, when, where, and how did you come into the life of this church? Just as a member, we'll get to being on staff in a minute, but just as a member. Yeah. So um, me coming to this church was a hard step for me as well, because like I said, my boss was also my pastor mm-hmm. with FCA Mitchell Dean, um, mm-hmm. and he also had discipled me since I was 16. So he plays a huge role in my life, and, and he has taught me so much and 
just been like the brother that I always wanted and having to tell him that I felt like I needed to go somewhere else was super hard. In mm. fact, I refused, refused to do it. And he could just tell that I was struggling and he sure. was like, it's okay. Like you have my blessing, go find somewhere where you feel called. Um, because my friend Emily had been going to church here sure. and, um, I was living in Auburn and driving all the way to Beauregard to be a part of this church plant that I had been a part of and, and was leading worship and was very involved in all these families. But the Lord was just pulling me somewhere else. Mm. Um, and I don't have a, a reason. It, he just was. Um, maybe this is the reason, actually. There you go. But um, there is, you know. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I started coming here um, right after COVID, right when y'all opened back up after COVID is All when right. I started coming. Um, and just loved the simplicity, loved the devotion to the Word. Um, so I was here for a while, and then I was finally decided, or I finally decided to get involved in the community group and just meeting the people that were also different and seeing the diversity in a different way, sure. as in people that have lived in different places in the world, people that are from different places in the world, people that are, you know, young married, married with children. I had a couple in my first community group that were both widows and widowers that had remarried. And mm. I just never would have had the opportunity to be taught and to learn from those people if I hadn't been in that community group. Yeah. So just the diversity of people um, that I've gotten to know here has been a blessing. That's so good. We... Continue to ask and pray, God, would you continue to bring people from all over the world, from every background, both religious background, cultural background, color of skin, every form of diversity. Mm -hmm. God, would you continue to bring people into the life of this church? But that, for you, coming in was almost three years ago, or right Mm -hmm. at three years ago now. So... You continue to work with FCA. You continue to work with our house. My question, kind of as we think about wrapping this up, is going from parachurch and having worked with parachurch organizations in the past to coming on staff with the church is wildly different. Like mm-hmm. the, the place you work and the place you worship being the same place uh, oftentimes is a rub that takes some getting used to. And I, I ask that question for you, knowing that you're right in the beginning stages of getting used to that. But I do want to ask the question, why in the world would you want to work for a church? Specifically, why would you want to work for this church? Yeah, and that question kind of scares me because if you had asked me that a year ago, I would have said I, I don't want to work for a church <laughs> um, because I see it's so, it done so poorly so easily. It's, it's so easy for it to become hard and sure. for it to become, become unhealthy. Um, and I've just seen that w- with past friends and past um, churches that I've been a part of. It's just been an unhealthy <laughs> balance. Um, so in the past, I have definitely said that I would never work for a church, which is funny because that's how God is. Don't you like, drop never on yeah, God, right? He's just going to change your mind. Um, <laughs> and he did. Um, so I think a lot of the reason that I feel so confidently to work at this church specifically, um, is because of how healthy it is and the leadership that I I've seen for the past three years and mm. seen how it has been consistent. Um, though there's been change and growth, it's been consistent. Mm. Um, but I kind of got to a point this past year, um, that I was just very, uh, it was very obvious to me that I needed one job and it was very obvious to me that I was not going to be able to pick between our house and FCA because like I've already said, I love these people. Um, and that's, what's hard about ministry is that it's not numbers. It's not a pro like a program. It's the people that you're involved in. Um, but I think the beauty of working for a church is that I don't have to choose between these two people. It's everybody still gets Jesus, but it's through the local church. Yes, right. Um, and so now I don't have the burden of 
feeling like I am the church to these girls or mm. these people, but it's just, hey, come to church with me. I will be here literally any time. <laughs> come to the church. <laughs> um, and so that is one of the reasons why I specifically wanted to work for, for this church is is that, but also just in the process of wrestling with that when Matt just randomly off the wall really put in the cart before the horse because there wasn't a job description at all, said we might have a position for you. Um, I started praying about that because mm. I saw the beauty of Grace Auburn and I wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of it, but wanted to be a, a deeper part of it. Um, and was really just once again trying to find in scripture where the Lord was going to confirm or deny that this is what I was supposed to do. Um, and I was reading Jeremiah in Jeremiah six sixteen, it says, "Thus says the Lord: Stand by the road and look, and ask for the ancient path. Or I'm sorry, and ask for the ancient path, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your soul." So I was looking for rest for my soul. So this verse really stood out to me, and I said, "Okay, God, like, I want to go stand by the road. Where are you calling me?" So I went and looked at this verse in every single different translation like what does this mean where is the word that's going to stand out to me and then it all said the good way and I was like okay it's not helpful but one said um the old godly way and the Lord just whispered to me like random the old godly way has always been the church mm-hmm. I'm going to use the church my bride to re- reach the nations um and reach your community too mm-hmm. um so that was really confirmation from the Lord to me like okay this is possibly, probably 100% through the scripture where I want you to be. Um, so walk in that. So don't just look at the good way, but walk in it, and there you will find rest for your soul. So good. Brandon, thank you so much. This has been a ton of fun, and I hope it's a blessing to everyone who listens. Awesome. Thank you. Auburn Church family. Thank you for listening to the Grace Auburn Church podcast. If you'd like more information about partnering with us and our mission or ways that you can get connected, please go to our website, graceauburn.church.